0: Welcome to the Stormy Night Stories Podcast. Today's episode will be called Destiny Express. Drifting in a sea of the unconscious, a man decides to finally awaken. It felt like he had dozed off for quite some time. As he felt the rhythmic bumps of the booth he slumped over he started to come to his senses and find that he was sitting in a train. The warm, cramped feel of the moving vehicle gave him a strange sense of nostalgia, but something was wrong. He looked out the window to see where he was going, but all he found was a thick fog, starting to get uneasy he looked around the train to find the other passengers. He didn't know any of them, and yet they all looked bizarrely familiar. He couldn't quite explain it, but they almost felt like family members he hadn't seen since he was a baby. Adding to the strangeness of it all, he noticed that all of the passengers were male. "'Excuse me, sir,' ''Where is this train headed?'' he asked a passenger sitting across from him. ''Psh, heck if I know. Now leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep.'' The rude response was not what he wanted to hear, but it was the least of his worries. Seeing the man in front of him served as another reminder that something was off. He could not locate his family anywhere, It was then that he began to remember things about himself. His name was Emmett Cranston. Recently retired from his job as a high school guidance counselor, he had an immaculate wife, a son, a daughter, and a total of five joyous grandkids. He lived a simple life in a simple house in Birchtown on Lotus Lane. Everything he could ever want was right next to him, so he couldn't fathom why he needed a train. Determined to find answers, he got up to go talk to someone. As he squeezed by the packed booths on his trek to the front of the train, one by one, he got a better look at each passenger. Some were old, others were young, some were well-dressed. Others looked like they were picked up off the street. Peeking into the front of the car, he could see an intricate display of buttons, levers, and pipes. Flashing lights beckoned from every direction, but his eyes became drawn to one thing. A wide chair, dead center, with what looked to be someone's head barely visible over the top. Feeling like a kid sneaking into his parents' bedroom, Emmett had the urge to retreat. But just as this thought entered his mind, the chair swiveled around to reveal a man glaring at him intensely. The man wore a dark blue conductor's uniform. He had an abnormally long face and a nose that resembled a fishhook. He had gray stubble on his chin and perhaps the most interesting feature, an eye patch on his left eye. You think you're sneaky, huh, wise guy? Sneaking up on a conductor while he's working. Get back to your seat. Uh, conductor? Emmett stuttered, half spooked by the man's sudden introduction. Wait, if you're the conductor, then where's the engineer? "'Heh!' the conductor smirked. "'This baby don't need no engineer. She can handle herself. Trust me, we'll be at our destination in no time.' "'And where exactly is that?' Emmett asked, profoundly confused. "'Maplewood Hospital,' the conductor said proudly. "'Maplewood Hospital?' The place where Emmett Cranston was born? That Maplewood Hospital? Why on earth would they be going there? The implications swirled around Emmett's head, but he wouldn't let that distract him. He could only think of one thing. "'Where's my wife? Is she on this train, too? What about the rest of my family?' The conductor scratched his chin playfully before deciding to answer. What family? Emmett could feel his nostrils flaring like a bonfire as he tried to answer calmly. Listen, I live with my beautiful wife in Birchtown on Lotus Lane. I have kids and grandkids. There must be some kind of mistake. Oh, there's no mistake, my frantic friend. I hate to be the guy to tell you, but, uh, oh, what the heck, I tell this to everyone. You don't have a family. You don't have a home on Lotus Lane. You don't even have a body. You don't have nothing because you haven't been born yet. You are here because I am about to decide your fate. Pleased to meet you. I am the god of fate and destiny, but you can just call me the Conductor." The pungent stew of words that this man presented to Emmett made him recoil. No family? He hasn't even been born yet. That's impossible, Emmett retorted. I remember my life clear as day. Are you saying my memories are all fake? "'That's exactly what I'm saying. See all these handsome fellas around here?' the conductor said as he gestured to all of the passengers behind them. "'These are all different versions of you. They have a lifetime's worth of fake memories, too. There's nothing special about your memories, see?' Each is just one out of an infinite number of possible lifetimes. And before we arrive at Maplewood Hospital, it's my job to choose which life you'll live out. If I choose you, then your life will be exactly how you remember it. But if I choose any of these other mugheads, it could be very different, and not necessarily for the better everything in emmett's body wanted to reject what he was being told but the more he thought about it the more it overcame him it was like an anesthesia working from within to render him powerless if that's the case then well you have to choose me i mean you're a god right why wouldn't you want to choose the best life for your passengers Come on, Emmett. I don't pick fates because it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I pick them because it makes things interesting. For everyone who has been dealt a bad hand, I was the dealer. There was poor little Serena and her nasty accident. Oh, who could forget Flint, treasure hunter extraordinaire? At least he lived long. His brother wasn't so lucky. The anesthesia of reality had taken its course, and Emmett was reduced to a slumped silence. He wanted to curl up in one of the train's leather booths and wait for his life to start, praying that it would be a good one. But something about that didn't seem right. Even though his life was in the hands of that rugged conductor, he still felt like something had to be done. He shimmied back to the booth he woke up in and faced the passenger from before. The man was lying down with his face plastered to the seat. He wore a cheap coat with more holes in it than a cheese factory, and it looked like he had never seen shaving cream before in his life. Could this really be another version of Emmett? Hey, please, wake up. I need to talk to you. Emmett said, shaking the man's shoulders. Huh? What do you want? The man slurred as he lifted his head from a pool of his own saliva. I just need to ask you a few questions. What's your name? And where did you go to school? Ugh. Emmett Cranston. I went to Maplewood High. So... You never left for Birchtown? Where did you go to college? (laughs) You really think I can afford college? I can't even afford a TV. But don't you want to go to Birchtown University and meet your future wife? Don't you want to mind your own business? Sheesh. The man dropped his head back onto the seat and closed his eyes. There was a time when Emmett was struggling with money. He was working two jobs to try and pay for college. At times, it seemed like he was sinking in quicksand under a scorching sun. But he never lost his way, and eventually made it through. Could this version of him really not see the value in that? Emmett looked around for more passengers until he spotted a small boy pressed up against the wall looking out the window hey there fella Emmett said cautiously as he approached the lonely child hello mister the boy politely responded say you look kinda like my dad but older do you know where my parents are they were just here a minute ago Emmett paused thinking carefully about how to respond. I think you'll get to see your parents very soon, he said, trying to comfort the boy. Though surprisingly, he didn't seem like he needed any comforting. That's good. I can't wait to go home to Maplewood. I had a great time with my grandparents in Birchtown, but I want to go home now. Emmett felt his heart attempt to break out of his chest, because he knew exactly what the boy meant. He originally left Maplewood to go on vacation in Birchtown, where his grandparents lived. On his last day, he fought with his parents because he didn't want to go home. His parents decided that they would take the train home that day, and his grandparents would take him home the next week. Hours later, they saw on the news that that very train had derailed, and he never saw his parents again. From then on, he lived with his grandparents, and never left Birchtown since. At that moment, he remembered the conductor's words, that all of these versions of him had their own memories, depending on how their lives would play out. If the last thing this boy remembered was sitting in a train with his parents, then... Hey, mister, is something wrong? The boy interrupted, poking Emmett on the arm. Oh, uh, no, I'm fine. Listen, I have to go, Emmett said, placing a hand on his shoulder. But before I do... You have to promise me one thing. Please, tell your parents you love them. Every chance you get. The boy nodded with a proud ignorance that Emmett envied. And once they parted ways, he decided that he wanted to talk to one more passenger. Scanning the old rickety train, no one seemed particularly noteworthy but then again, he was probably the least noteworthy of them all. That's when it hit him, a man sitting towards the back of the train who looked exactly like him. He had the same bald head, the same bushy eyebrows. In fact, the only thing that was different was the color of his shirt. Emmett was wearing a pastel purple button-down, The other Emmett was wearing a mint green button-down. It almost seemed like a comedy sketch for both of them to sit next to each other, but that's exactly what happened. Hey, is the seat taken? Emmett asked, already squatting down. Go ahead, the man responded. They sat there for a while, looking around the train, only occasionally glancing at each other. There were a million different questions that Emmett could ask, but overcome with exhaustion, all he could come up with was, "'So, what brings you here?' (laughs) "'Who, me?' The man in green gave a shrug. "'The last thing I remember is being alone in my house. "'Do you live in Birchtown by chance?' "'Why, yes,' the man said, surprised but cautious. "'I moved there to live with my grandparents when I was very young, "'although that wasn't how it was supposed to be. "'They passed away eventually, and I've lived there alone ever since.' "'Alone? Don't you have a wife and kids?' "'He shrugged again in disappointment.' ''No, it's just me. I had one love in college. Her name was Barbara, but I never had the courage to ask her out. (laughs) I haven't met anyone since who made me feel the same way as her. It was the biggest regret of my life.'' This was the story that hit closest to home for Emmett. Barbara was his wife. The only difference between these two emmets was a simple chance that one of them didn't want to take. It wasn't the saddest story on the train, and yet the emmet in green still had a sorrowful pain in his eyes, a pain as valid as any other. In fact, they all had pain, but emmet never wanted to dwell on his own because he knew there was so much more to life. Looking once again toward the front of the car, he recited in his mind what he wanted to say to the conductor. Would he stick it to him with an inspirational speech? Would he get on his knees and beg for a decent life? What do you say to someone who can decide your fate? He recalled his supposed time as a guidance counselor. He always told his kids that if they were dealt a bad hand, they should change the rules of the game. Was that a lie? No, he didn't believe so. These memories, fake or not, belonged to him for a reason. He wasn't about to betray his values even if they weren't technically his yet. The conductor, swiveling back and forth in his chair, examined all of his passengers judgingly. They were almost at their destination, and so began his favorite part. Should he pick the ugliest one? Should he close his eyes and pick one at random? Or should he... Mr. Conductor! Emmett called out, interrupting him from his daydream. Uh, Mr. Cranston, it's very rude to interrupt me while I'm doing my job. I know, I'm sorry. I just need to tell you one last thing before you make your decision. I've talked to a few of these passengers, and I've learned a lot about myself in the process. I learned that... None of our lives are perfect. We all have things that we can't control, and some of these things may lead to tragedy. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. I want you to know that whatever cards you give me, I'm going to make the most of them. The conductor leaned back with a smirk, the kind where you couldn't tell if he was genuinely impressed or just mocking you. You want to know something, Emmett? You are one of those rare cases where someone has actually come up to talk to me. You wouldn't believe how many trains I've filled with people just lounging around. Emmett leaned forward and swallowed nervously. What happened to those rare few? What became of their lives? Let's just say... I think you're going to do just fine. Sit back and relax. Next stop, Maplewood Hospital. Thank you for listening to the Stormy Night Stories podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider checking the links down below.